thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. God, we thank you for who you are. We're learning about you in this series, and we're learning a bunch of names for you that are so characteristic of, of your character and of the benefits that you offer us. What a God you are. And so we rise up right now and just thank you for uh, being with us, Lord. You are Jehovah Shammah, the God who is always there. And we learned that last week, and we're so thankful. And I pray that we'll be people who don't just hear your word this morning and then forget it on Tuesday when the storms come, but that we'll be hearers and then doers of your word, people who believe and obey and remember and, and live according to your word to us. So Holy Spirit, you're the only one who can teach us that kind of truth, and I pray that you will now and just uh, <clears throat> give us ears that hear and hearts that obey and wills that are very much in tune with your will, Lord Father, and uh, we'll give you the praise, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, uh, it's very interesting when you think about our bodies. I, I really believe that if there hadn't been sin, God created our bodies just to kind of recreate themselves because you've seen how our bodies can have afflictions, but then they get healed. Uh, it's interesting. Let me ask you some questions, okay? How many of you have ever had one or more broken bones? Would you raise your hand if you have? Okay, an awful lot. Evidently, they're healed. You're here today. That's good. Um, how many of you have ever had uh, stitches? Okay. Uh, how many have ever had more than 50 stitches? Anybody? More than 50 stitches. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's have another word of prayer for those folks. Uh, so, all right. How many of you have ever had surgery? Would you, okay, man. A lot of us have had surgeries. Um, how many of you have ever had, this gets a little more personal, a gunshot wound? Have anyone ever had a gunshot wound? Praise God, he's protected. Oh, you have, John, Jim. Was it in service or really? Well, I'm so glad your body healed, and that's cool. Praise God, huh? All right. Um, I was going to ask how many have been wounded in a war, but we have our uh, evidence right over here. So what's interesting is our bodies can be wounded. They can be hurt, and then they heal. But what we don't realize as often is that our emotions that inner part of our being, that, that emotional part of our life can really be hurt. And, and many times those hurts are stuffed inside, they're left inside, and they don't heal. And they cause pain in our life. Things like abandonment, things like abuse, things like prejudice, things like shaming. And the list could go on and on. Things that can emotionally affect us and hurt us. And when we get those hidden wounds, we have to realize they can come from all over the place. They can come from family members. They can come from the workplace. They can come from the schoolyard. They can come from the church pulpit if pastors, if we aren't careful in how we handle God's Word. But the good news today is this. Jesus healed people physically and emotionally, and he wants to heal your hidden wounds. So in the Bible, what happens is God is given a whole bunch of names. And, and uh, they often start with Jehovah, and then there's a name that describes Jehovah God. 
Last week, Jehovah Shammah, the God who is always there. So whenever any storm comes up in your life or mine, Jehovah Shammah is there. He's there to be with you. Today we're going to look at Exodus 15, where we find another name. And that name is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha means, I am the Lord that heals. I am the Lord that heals. And we read about it in Psalm 147.3. It says this, and I think it's so cool. What a picture of God. He heals the brokenhearted. That's like a doctor, the great physician. He heals the brokenhearted, but now watch, like a nurse. He bandages their wounds. That's the kind of God we have. And, and I want to remind you that life is full of so many, many good things. But there are also storms that come into every person's life. And when those storms come, how do we handle them? Do we become full of fear and anxiety? And then do we try to do all kinds of, many times, dumb things to work through that storm? If we will remember, Jehovah is there. God is there. God can heal. Then all of a sudden we can look at that storm and say, you know what? My God can bring peace, and you can be still if I trust in Him. That's our strength in our Christian faith. So today we want to see five steps in God's process of healing our memories. So I hope you'll get these, okay? You can write them down, and <coughs> you and I don't even know <coughs> what's going to happen this week to us. We don't know what's coming our way. And so we need to have this kind of truth, because if we get slapped with a storm this week, you think of the people down in, in Jefferson, Missouri, you know? We need to pray when we see those things. You know, pray for those people because think if that had been your place. Think if that had been mine. And, and, and my goodness, storm came. We didn't expect it. Who would have thought? And that's the way life is. So we need to know these five ways of dealing with that hurt. The first thing is this. Healing always begins when I reveal my hurt. In other words, if there's a hurt, you can't hide it. You can't hide it. If you try stuffing it, it'll show up somewhere else and it'll end up hurting you more. My father, I think I told you this, but my father one time was in terrible pain and he hid it from all of us. He hid it for weeks because he thought he had cancer. And my dad one day was found in the bedroom by my mom just kind of in a ball just in utter agony and pain. She said, Roland Allen, get to the hospital. I'm getting you there. And she took him to the hospital. He had kidney stones, but he'd been putting up with that for all that time, thinking he had cancer, trying to hide it. See? Anytime we hide physical or emotional hurts, it can end up hurting us so much more. So we, first of all, reveal our hurts. Psalm 32.3 says, When I refuse to confess my sin... My body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Boy, you see people groaning because they're hiding stuff. They're holding stuff. They're stuffing stuff. We must be honest about our pain, about our fears, about our angers, 
about our resentments, about our bitterness, about our insecurities. We need to be honest with ourselves. Stop holding it back. We need to be honest with God. He already knows. We need to take it to Him and ask Him to help us to see that need in our life, be it physical or emotional, met. And then we need to have one trusted friend at least that we can go to. There is power when we go to someone else and we can say, you know, I have this struggle in my life. And I need someone to hear it from me. I need to be honest about it with someone. I've already talked with God about it. I've already identified it myself. But I need you to stand with me and help me through this storm in my life. And when we have someone like that, boy, that can be such a strength. That is why in this church, when you come in, you can't sit in rows and look at the back of people's heads. You have to sit at a round table and actually look at people, identify. There's another person in here that I have to see their face. And I might even have to talk to them. Oh, woe is me. Yeah. You know why? Because we don't want anyone to come into this place and not have the opportunity to be loved and celebrated and heard and known and cared for. If you've got a need, don't sit there at the table and just stuff it. Let some people know. You'll be amazed. I have sat at these tables all over the place the last five years, and I've been amazed at what people have shared in a smaller group. Never say it in the big group, but around the table somehow we vomit. You know? we, just, we feel free to just let it all out, kind of. That's good. That's healing. So first of all, reveal our hurts. The second thing, if we're going to be healed, is we've got to release those who have hurt us. Okay. So the question is, do I want to get even or do I want to get well? You know? and, and I mean, people are going to hurt us. I hurt people. People hurt me. Haven't you experienced that? Of course. It's just life. We don't even mean to many times, but we hurt people. We may forget something. We may say something that we shouldn't have said in the way we said it at the time we said it. And so... So we have to ask ourselves, do we want to get even with that person or do we want to be well and whole? And only one way to get rid of our hurt in our hearts is through forgiveness. You see, when someone hurts you, justice wells up and says, I'm going to get even with that person. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to let go of this. I'm going to hold it on. Because you see, as long as we hold on to unforgiveness, we feel like we're in control, but we're really in bondage. We're in bondage to that spirit of unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness. And the Lord says, I set the example for you. I went to the cross and I paid the penalty for your sins on the cross. I died in your place. I have forgiven you if you believed in me as your Savior. Now, you forgive like you have been forgiven. And one of the most important parts of healing emotionally and sometimes even physically is that, that we forgive. We go to that person and we, we, we uh, just ask them to forgive us for the attitudes maybe that we've had toward them. But we forgive. Because you see, when you forgive others, you get a blessing yourself. It comes back always and blesses you. It releases you from the bondage of resentment. Hebrews twelve fifteen puts it this way. Look after each other so that none of you fails 
to receive the grace of God. In other words, if we're holding on to forgiveness, we aren't going to experience God's grace in our lives because we're, we're full of an ungodly emotion that holds us back from experiencing that fullness of God's love for us. So Hebrews says, it's so powerful, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that, and boy is this powerful, no poisonous root of bitterness. In other words, there's a root of bitterness that can come into our lives. It's kind of like gets down in here, but it starts growing up and it starts consuming us. You see people who are so angry. You know, these school shootings that we hear of, sad to say more often than we certainly should. Uh, some of them, I'm sure, are mentally deranged. But an awful lot of those people who do that kind of stuff are people who are so full of unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness and anger inside that it comes all the way down to vengeance. Because if you don't forgive, it'll always ultimately end up in vengeance. And that's when they pull out the guns and they shoot people. That all comes from, from wanting to get even and not get well. So that poisonous root of bitterness, it can grow up in you. And notice this. To trouble you, it'll cause you all kinds of pain and agony in your life if you don't forgive, if I don't forgive. But also, it will corrupt many. And you think of how many people have been hurt because someone was angry and didn't deal with it, and they took it out on others. God says, don't do that. He says, be sure that you release those who have hurt you. Number three, replace the old with the new. This is so important. Replace the old with the new. Our brain is an amazing thing. They tell us that everything we've said, done, experienced, seen, and heard, it's still up in our brain. That's how magnificent and unbelievable the brain is. That's why counselors uh, sometimes try to take you back to your youth and bring stuff out that you, it's already back here, you don't even remember it, but it's there. We still remember. And that's especially true of children, because you see, children, they are, are so naive yet in their childishness that they look to other people for information about themselves. And if they believe that person is an authoritative or a, a, a person worth them listening to in their lives, they will listen to what that person says. And some of us today are still operating on faulty data that we were given when we were children, but we believed it and we claimed it and we held on to it because people in our past often, in all of the ways surrounding us, they lie to us. You may have heard some of these kinds of statements in your, in your growing up. You're stupid. You're ugly. You'll never amount to anything. You're embarrassing. You're uncoordinated. You're unqualified. There's something wrong with you. You think of those kinds of statements. They're just shaming statements. And sometimes people even say them to try to get the kid to behave right, but often the kid will take that and it starts coming across to them as, oh, I'm deficient. 
I'm defective. And sometimes even, you know what? I'm just worthless. I don't matter. I'm not a person of worth and value. And now 20, 40, 50 years later, so many people are still acting on the lies that they heard and believed when they were children. And we wonder why we still do the dumb things that we do that hurt us and hurt others. And so often it's because of the fact that we haven't replaced the old with the new. Now, what is the cure? We've got to replace all of those lies with God's truth. Okay? Let me show you what Romans says. And you know this portion, but it's so cool. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and custom of the world. And you know what? Increasingly in our world today, it is becoming customary. It is becoming uh, uh, something that people are doing is just to put people down, to, to say all kinds of sarcastic and critical and, and negative things. We see it modeled by the leaders in Washington, and it goes right down to the populace of our country. And somehow we think we can say things that are ungodly and, and ungrateful and unbiblical about other people. God says don't ever do that because that's shaming ultimately. We just must not do that as people who claim the name of Christ as our Savior. So he says don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transform you. <laughs> Transform you makes you new. So he let you make your mind new. He transforms you into a new person. How do you do that? By changing the way you think. See, the Bible says, as a person thinks in their inner being, their heart, so are they. So if you think you're a person of worth and value, you will live as a person of worth and value. If you think you are a person that is deficient or defective or maybe even worthless, you'll live as a person who is deficient or defective or maybe even worthless. God says, stop it. Stop it. And, and it's only when we do that, when we change the way we think, only then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. <laughs> oh, man. God's got a good and perfect and pleasing will for you, but we'll never know it if we're thinking the wrong thoughts, if we don't know His truth that sets us free. So we've got to pray. God, please heal the memories from my youth. And then we've got to study God's Word so we get that truth. And then we pray and we believe that truth about us. And when we believe God's truth about us, it transforms us. It makes us new. It changes the way we think. Here are the new messages God wants you to hear. You are forgiven and forgivable. You are loved and lovable. You are accepted and acceptable. And you are a new creature in Christ. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, those are the statements He wants us to hear all day long. And every time the lies start coming back to us, we need to tell them to go to hell because that's where they're from. Okay? 
those are the lies from Satan that he would like to cause us to live according to. And what we need to do is hear God's word from heaven to us. You are loved and lovable. You are forgiven and forgivable. You are accepted and acceptable. You are a new creation in Christ. Man, what God made us to be in Christ when we know him as the forgiver of our sin and the leader of our life. We're something else. All because of Jesus. We're something else because he's something else. And he's in us. And we're in him. Man. See, when those kind of thoughts start filling our minds, then we start understanding what grace is. Man, I'm loved by God. I'm set free by God. I'm okay. The past is erased. And God says to us, let's start over and let's do this thing wonderfully. The fourth is this. Job eleven thirteen through 19. We refocus on the future. Refocus on the future. Let me just read you some scripture that shows it, and then we'll go to the fifth step. I have two minutes and 56 seconds left to teach. And it's going to take about five minutes to get through this. And Amanda's not here today, so she's the one that holds me accountable to this. So... <laughs> I'm kidding with you. But don't tell her I said that, okay? <laughs> uh, so Job uh, chapter, this little clock down here, you know, it's to, meant to keep me in the, there's a white clock and then it goes red when I'm <laughs> over. And, you know, it's a guilt trip that she puts on us, so... Okay, Job 11, 13 through 19. See, I've got to think new thoughts, and I'm okay, and no matter what Amanda says, okay? <laughs> Job 11, 13 through 19, okay? If only you would prepare your heart. This is the first part of, of, of this refocusing on the future. Prepare our hearts, which means let God make your heart right and forgiven. Okay, so just, just get that settled. Then lift up your hands to him in prayer. Uh, that means reach out to God. He's our source. God, I want you to help me to focus now on the future, knowing you're there. You're the captain of the storm. You're the captain of my life. And then get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence. In other words, stop stuffing stuff and face the world again. Your face, I just love that, your face will brighten with innocence. See, when we're forgiven, we're innocent. I'm okay. I, I can refocus now on my future. And the Bible says when those things happen, you forgive and you get your heart right and realize who your source is, and you stop stuffing, and your face becomes innocent again, then he says, now watch, it's so cool. You will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. Having hope will give you courage. You will be, you will be protected and will, will rest in safety. You will lie down unafraid, and many will look to you for help. All of a sudden, you become an unbelievable minister. You become an unbelievable person 
who has this bright future and all of this that you've learned from God to now give away. And that leads us to our fifth point, which is when we are secure, we can reach out to help others. Reach out to help others. In other words, we can give ourselves away. See, you and I can't give ourselves away to others if we're not secure in who we are. You know why? Insecure people are only thinking about themselves. I got to take care of me. I got to hold on to this for me. I can't help anybody else because I need too much myself. And if I give some away, I won't have it to meet my need. Oh my goodness. And so often we live our lives in that kind of fear and that kind of insecurity. And God says, stop it. Stop it. We need to reach out to help others. We give ourselves away. And when we give ourselves away, that's called ministry. And God can use our pain for good. You say, man, why does God allow some of these pains to come into my life? Why does God allow some storms? I'm going to tell you why. First of all, because that's life. And life's going to have some storms. But God says, every time you look to me and keep your focus on me and love me and obey me, then he says, I want to show you what I do with those storms. So look at the scripture, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is merciful Father, and he is the source of all comfort. Okay? If you need comfort today, emotionally, physically, whatever it may be, relationally, he's the source of your comfort. So what does he do? He comforts us in all our troubles. I have no idea what's going to hit you on Wednesday or Friday or tomorrow. I have no idea what's going to hit me. God says, I want you to know, though, something. I am Jehovah Shammah. I am the God who is there. And I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who can heal. So no matter what comes, I can heal it. I can take care of you. I'm God. So he says, he will comfort in all of, us our, all of our troubles. Now, why does he comfort us in our storms, in our troubles? So that. And many times, these storms are allowed to come so that we can work through them so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. See, when we get a storm, you know what we think? We think it's all about me. When I have a storm, it's all about oh my, oh, woe is me. God says, would you stop it and would you listen to me and just trust in me because I'm going to take you through your storm and then you're ready to meet someone else who's going through that same exact storm that you went through and you're going to tell them how great a God I was. And you're going to sit by them and you're going to understand what they're going through and you're going to be able to help them walk right through that storm to the calm. That's the kind of God we have. Isn't he great? What a God. What a God. So I want you to say a statement with me. I'm going to read it to you. We'll go to the end part there, Mark. Um, and... Uh, I want, I want you to see this because this to me is cool. I'm going to read it, and then I want us to turn it. This is kind of generic, but I want us to personalize it. So let me read it to you. It doesn't matter who you are or where you've been. It doesn't matter what the scar or what the sin. It doesn't matter how you fell somewhere along the way. There's healing 
for your life today. Look to Jesus Christ, your healer. So, I'd like for us to say that together, okay? Make it kind of our statement of confidence and prayer, but where it says you or me, I want us to change it to, I mean, we, we I turn it to I, me, okay? So, let's say it together and personalize it. It doesn't matter who I am or where I've been. It doesn't matter what the scar or what the sin. It doesn't matter how I fell somewhere along the way. There's healing for my life today. Look to Jesus Christ, my healer. Now let's say it again as if we really believe there might be some truth in it. Okay? Let's say it again. And this is kind of our statement of faith and, 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 and belief in God. Okay? Acknowledging what a great Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Let's say it again. It doesn't matter who I am or where I've been. It doesn't matter what the scar or what the sin. It doesn't matter how you fell somewhere along the way. There's healing for my life today. Look to Jesus Christ, my healer. He's there. He's ready. He's waiting for you. And if today you do not know this Jesus Christ as your Savior, I just want to encourage you to, 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 to just uh, say, God, help me believe in you. Christ, help me believe that you paid the penalty for my sinfulness and you made a way of forgiveness on the cross and help me trust in you. Because if you will pray for that, God will give you the faith, I believe, to be able to say to Jesus Christ, I believe you're the Son of God and I know I've sinned and I, I'm unworthy of your forgiveness, but I know you'll forgive me. And I ask you to come into my heart of hearts, into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Take control of my life and help me be that person you created me to be. And anytime God hears that kind of just prayer to him, those words to him, that heart to him, he says, whoever will call on me and believe in me will be saved. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. And I thank you for your word. And I thank you that uh, we can just uh, trust in you and uh, rely upon who you are. What a God. Thank you for the fact that you are with us everywhere we go and that you can heal whatever needs to be healed. Help us to stop hiding. Help us to be honest. Even around the tables today, may that be true. And through it all, may Jesus Christ be praised. For anyone in this room, who uh, needs you as their Savior, or even today prayed and asked you to be their Savior, I pray you will bless them and guide them and meet that need according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For it's in your name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.